Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Are you ready for some high adventure coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network? The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. still a few minutes away. She may not have a few minutes. Kind of a win-win for me. She may be our only hope of defeating Andros. She knew who he was, so she may know how to stop him. I still say we put a bullet in her. No, Frank. At least, not yet. Okay, we're here. Grab her legs. No, I told you that you were carting her ass around. Quit pouting and grab her damn legs. Fine, whatever. Over there on the bar top. I'll need to prepare my medicine. Keep pressure on her wounds. I could feel a slow, sluggish pulse when I pressed down on her neck. I could just squeeze and squeeze until her head popped off. Ulysses might be pissed, but he'd get over it. But now that I'd calmed down a little, I knew that I couldn't let her die. At least not yet. However, the second we got rid of Andras, all bets were off. I don't know the first thing about demons. But if Andras admitted that he was a lesser demon, then what kind of power would a greater one have? He already had amazing instincts, combat prowess, and inhuman strength. Oh yeah, and bullets did nothing. I suppose I could have tried to use my enchanted sword. It did a number on that kobold monstrosity. Something told me even if it could harm Andras, it wouldn't be enough. Okay, Frank. Hold her down. She looks about dead there, Dr. Ulysses. Trust me, hold her down. I need to pack her wounds with a special curative and cauterize it. 
I held down her shoulders in a half-assed fashion. Ulysses filled her gaping cuts with a sludge that smelled awful, like a rancid food and skunk spray. If somebody put that in me, I'd have to be held down too. But Cordelia didn't budge. Ulysses pulled a small knife from his boot and hovered it over a lit candle, turning it red hot. He firmly pressed the hot knife flat against her separated flesh, bonding it together. Cordelia thrashed, catching me off guard, and I barely held her down. She settled down, breathing heavy and labored. Now we wait. She's not in the clear yet. In the morning, you should get dusty. We will need help to take down Andros. Do you really think we should be exposing others to our mess? We started it. We should be the ones to end it. Sometimes you have to lean on others. Leaning on others gets them killed. And then you're there, alone. Just to watch the bad guys chalk up another win. I've gotten enough innocent people's blood on my hands. Drink up, Frank. I followed Clark's surprise birthday party out of town into the Wastelands. The Wastelands is the nickname given to the forests and abandoned quarries serving as illegal dumping grounds for waste by chemical manufacturers in the city. Phantom Corporation was among the biggest offenders. We all knew it was wrong, but those companies employed half of the town. Cracking down on them could crush the city's economic ecosystem. It wouldn't surprise me if, in some roundabout way, Clark's kidnappers worked for one of those companies. I watched them carry Clark to a footpath leading into a quarry. I got out of the car to follow on foot. The cold snap of the air was compounded by icy pinpricks of rain starting to fall. It was normal for me to feel uneasy in a situation like this, but I felt sick to my stomach. Walking down the dark path, I saw the headlights of excavators, all facing a central point in the stone pit. As I got closer, I saw the lamps play spotlight to a groggy Clark. He woke up chained to a large rock. One of the kidnappers started up an excavator. Another man, the brute who carried Clark, walked forward. Clark, my boy. Just tell me what you said to the cops and we can let you go. And hey, if you did spill the beans, it's no big deal. The only way you can make me upset right now, Clark, is to lie to me. I would really hate to see you lie to me right now. I, I didn't talk to the cops. They just called and left a message. I, I never answered. Don't know about that, Clark. When the police came to talk to me, they acted like they already had you wrapped around their finger. Yeah, probably just bluffing, right, Clark? If that is the case, and that's what you want me to think, then okay, you're free to go. And if you uh, accidentally told them some things you maybe shouldn't have, that's okay too. As long as you tell me what it is. Do you uh, know what my job is? I'm Gareth, a fixer. I've always been good at fixing things. If there's a busted pipe, I can repair it. If your tyre's got a flat, I'll jack that son of a bitch up and toss a new one on lickety-split. But it turns out there's all kinds of problems that need fixing. And do you know what the biggest problem is, Clark? Liars. 
I'm not lying, I swear. I know you're not, Clark. Gareth pulled a pistol out of his chest harness and pointed it at Clark. I'm not here for you. Gareth turned to face one of the other men. He put a hole right in the guy's head. He went over to the body and shot again. He grabbed the lifeless grunt by the wrist and dragged him over to a hole next to Clark. You were a fucking snake, Felix. Anyway, I commend you on telling the truth, Clark. But I also gotta kill you. See, the most important part of fixing things no, uh, is, is preventative maintenance. I'm solving a problem before it becomes one. I'm sure you understand. Sorry about the show, it was kind of a two birds with one stone situation. No pun intended. I forgot we're in a quarry. <laughs> no, please, okay, Dan, let her please. rip. Yes, sir. Gareth walked away, heading out of the quarry and sending in a couple goons to replace him while his man Dan was left behind to take care of Clark and bury both of the bodies. He drove at Clark still, helplessly pinned to a boulder. I had to do something. Please. <laughs> but my guts were on fire. My hands and feet were numb. I, I couldn't move a muscle, much less save Clark. What was happening to me? My bones felt like they were growing and twisting like a green tree branch. My head started ringing, and then... Nothing. Wait. What the fuck? No, 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 oh hell no, no, wait, what the fuck is that? My head was throbbing. This happened enough that I knew when I looked down, there would be a pair of bloody hands. I heard a creek bubble over nearby. I crawled toward the sloshing stream, eager to wash my hands and face. I rinsed with the cool water and remembered last night. Clark! What happened with Clark? I need to get back to the quarry. After some aimless wandering, I found my way back to the stone pit. I don't know if it makes any sense, but I could smell it. My senses seemed heightened. I heard squirrels playing in the foliage, tiny paws pouncing branch to branch, chittering and chattering, playing tag in the dewy canopies. I could almost feel their bristled fur by sound alone. Turning my focus back on the hunt for Clark, I entered the rocky field where last night's events took place. There was construction equipment, and a backhoe flipped over. Hanging from its frame was fragments of cloth and strips of skin. Blood pulled underneath the excavator next to two legs, one attached to a body and one not so attached. The severed limb had a large bite taken out of it. The size of the maw required to make those marks was even bigger than a bear's. Was I attacked by this monster? Did I have something to do with it? I looked around for more evidence, finding only chunks of bone and muscle. There was a suit jacket with a partial torso still inside it. In the pocket, there was a keycard with the logo of the Phantom Corporation. All this gore mixed with my magnified sense of smell turned my stomach inside out. Since there was no sign of Clark, I had to get out of here. Maybe he went back home, or to the police station? I made my new dash towards the car where I had an extra change of clothes. Once I was somewhat presentable, I backtracked to Clark's apartment. A 
Another hideout for organized crime syndicates was attacked late last night. There were no witnesses despite the violence that occurred. Four men, at least two confirmed career criminals, were found dead, some in pieces. Even more disturbing, our inside sources tell us that a halo was drawn, using the victim's blood around their heads. The targets of many attacks being criminals can't be coincidental. Does this city have a vigilante on its hands, and will this stop the rise of crime? I walked up to Clark's complex, hitting 4C on the buzzer panel. No answer. I hit it again. No answer. I turned ahead to my car and a voice squeaked through the intercom. Hello? Clark, you're okay! Who are you? Oh, right, uh... You were unconscious when we met. My name's Dusty, Dusty Willis. I'm a private investigator and I came to ask you some questions yesterday, but you were taken by those men. How do you know about that? I was there, Clark. I followed them to the quarry. You were at the quarry? He seemed excited. Like I was here to save him. But wasn't the worst of it over? The door clicked and let out a buzz. I headed inside and took the elevator. After getting off on his floor, I walked to the end of the hall. Before I could even knock on his door, Clark opened it. Come on inside! Come in, come in! Clark seemed manic. Eyes wide open, but heavy sagging bags underneath him. He hadn't slept, that's for sure. So you saw it then? What ex- Come on, man. The giant fuck The giant fucking wolf thing? It just shredded those guys, flipping machinery and ripping off limbs. It was insane. Wolf thing? What do you mean? I don't know why it didn't kill me. Like it knew who I was, or, or, or like it was there to save me. It just flew out of the woods by the quarry and BAM! Blood, guts, the whole nine, man. It, it looked at me, then ran off towards the city. That thing saved me. I was gonna die, chained to a fucking rock. I was in those woods. I didn't see or hear anything in them. Was it me? Could it have been me? Th there's no way. This can't be real. I'm no vigilante. I'm no wolf monster. The coin. That night in the restaurant before I blacked out. Those goons said some incantation with that coin. It had a wolf's head on it. Then I lost consciousness and... They got torn to shreds. No, I'm not the killer. There is absolutely no way. You okay, Dusty? Did you see the wolf? I tried to tell myself it wasn't real too. But I know it was. I know it was real. I didn't I listen to anything else Clark said. If I was some kind of beast, why didn't I kill Clark too? I destroyed everything else. I must be the vigilante from the news. When I lose consciousness or a big block of time, am I out on a murderous rampage? I wanted to do my part to clean up the city, but not like this. This isn't the way. What's wrong with me? Four amputee was ridiculous. But anyways, yeah, I can't go to the cops. They'll put me in a padded cell. Clark, why were they after you to begin with? Listen, I knew that restaurant was sketchy. I should have kept my mouth closed. But I saw one of Storelli's guys take someone out back of the place and beat on him. I told some of my co-workers, and obviously word got out. I fucked up. But I think, with the mess in the wastelands, they'll assume I'm dead now, 
So I'm gonna grab a few things and get out of town. Yeah, I guess that's a good idea. I got a sister in Shreveport. It's about time I go see my nephews. I'll leave you to it. Be careful, Clark. Clark didn't connect the dots that I was involved in anything he talked about. He's better off unaware. I don't want anyone around me harmed. If I was this beast, why didn't I kill Clark? Was Transform Me still bound by my conscience and morals? That's not a chance I was willing to take till I could figure this out. It had been a couple days since I checked in with Sam. I resolved to head back to the office. On the way I passed Pan's Hollow, which had been closed up since Frank and Ulysses took off. A light was on in the window. Were they back? If they were, why didn't Frank call me? I pulled in so I could see for myself if they were here. The front door was locked so I went into the back. The back door was ajar so I let myself in. No one was in the office but Ulysses' coat was hanging on the rack. So I called out to the bar. Ulysses? Hello? Whoa, jeez, you scared me. I was startled by a woman lying on top of a table. My words fell on deaf ears because she was asleep. Approaching her quietly, I noticed she was the barroom singer. Cordelia? Well, hello, Dusty. It's good to see you. Yes, that is Cordelia. Is this who you were after? Is she why you left? We did leave rather quickly, didn't we? Frank didn't tell you that Cordelia is the one who manipulated Jonah. N no. Why would she do that? Ultimately, sirens are good at one thing. Having others do their dirty work for them. Sirens? Oh. So, you really haven't talked to Frank much since... Lady. No. Frank was pretty closed off. I can't say that's changed much, but he is feeling somewhat better. So... Siren. Yes, Cordelia is a siren. A supernatural creature, if you will. Able to lure in the lost and manipulate them. If you would have mentioned the word supernatural a couple weeks ago, I would have laughed at the thought of anything like that being real, but... A lot has happened in the last few days. I wanted to tell Ulysses about the medallion, about my missing time in the quarry too, but... I didn't want him to see me as some murderous beast. For now, I'll go it alone and try to solve this myself. I could, however some knowledge from Ulysses. I'm surprised you're not more shocked. Did something happen? I I'm fine. Just let's go back to Cordelia. Why was she telling Jonah to kill people? I didn't tell that psycho to kill anyone. I just needed blood. A lot of it. Though it still wasn't enough. Enough for what? You're the reason Lady is dead. I didn't want anyone dead. It attracts the wrong kind of attention, much less a killing spree. I was just doing a job, kid. I'm sorry your friend got herself killed, but the person you should be mad at isn't me. In fact, he's six feet under the ground. Which is where I should be. Tell me, Ulysses. Why did you save me? Frank hates me. And you all seem to be pinning me as the mastermind. I'm not one to avoid flattery, but I can't take credit for any of this. Just a job? Frank loved the lady. 
Even if harm was not your intention, you still set a serial killer on his path. I suggest a more pious approach. Take some responsibility. Fine. I... I am sorry for the pain I've caused. You'll have to forgive me. I'm a little numb from a thousand years of heartbreaks and loss. Anymore, it's just the ebb and flow of the tide. Cordelia seemed to mean what she said, especially the numb part. We silently accepted her calloused apology. She would have to be a lot more convincing to Frank. Jonah destroyed him. Maybe I should put on some tea. Ulysses, are sirens the only supernatural thing in this world? Hardly. There's many different races of creature. Some are like you, sentient and human. Others like feral animals. Human? Like us, you mean? Ulysses gave me a guilty and timid glance. Damn it, Frank. I'm not good at dropping the veil of humanity. It seems Frank neglected another detail. I'll warn you, Dusty. Some of my physical features will surprise you. And keep in mind, I wanted to shield you and Frank from this. I wasn't technically lying to you. Show him your damn legs, goat boy. Ulysses presented himself with his slacks rolled up. Remarkably, a hairy cloven hoofed leg was there. I reached out to touch it and Ulysses slapped my hand away. Boundaries, Dusty. I'm not even human, but I know how to act like one. I'm not some circus sideshow. <laughs> Could have fooled me. I should have let you bleed out. One less critic. Why did you guys save her? I convinced Frank that Cordelia was our best option in dealing with a new enemy. She knows who he, or it, is. Well, you know he's a demon. Just like he told you during his dramatic little show. My employer wanted that box. If Andres wants the contents, I'm afraid of what's in it. I had a bad feeling about this job. It certainly wasn't worth being cut open. You don't look cut. Ulysses is a satyr. His kind are into partying and healing. And very good at both. He fixed me up nice. That tone creeped me out. Ulysses seemed to drink it up. After a few moments of them staring at each other, I broke the silence. Well, I'm glad everyone is okay. I need to go check on Sam. Ulysses, tell Frank to call me when he gets back. Ulysses! Oh, right, right. I'll have him call for you. I didn't want to stick around in case Cordelia wanted to thank Ulysses for saving her in a more... personal way. I did need to check up on Sam, though, and let him know that Frank was back. I exited out the front door and got in the car. I noticed a car running across the street. I recognized it. It was the car that followed me a couple nights ago. I got back out of the car and ran towards the street, but before I made it to the sidewalk, the car peeled out, leaving the stench of burnt rubber to hang in the air. I think I better call Reynolds and maybe Joe, too. I've never been tailed before. I may have really stepped in it this time. Well, stranger, we appreciate you stopping by to spend some time with us in the shadows. If you want more Neon Shadows, head over to at Neon Shadows Pod on all social media and check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash neon shadows pod. 
subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. The cast of this episode was Dusty Willis, voiced by Dan Faulkner, Gareth, voiced by David Alt, Cordelia, voiced by Amber Wren, Frank Dixon, voiced by Ian Knowles, Clark, voiced by Zachary Dewey, Radio News Anchor, voiced by Logan Lenkowski, and Ulysses, voiced by Sean Goodrich. The theme song is Neon Shadows, performed by Amber Wren, written by Tyler Brown and Ian Knowles. Neon Shadows was created and written by Ian Knowles. All rights reserved, copyright Blunderbuss Studios 2021. Reuse or reproduction of our content is strictly prohibited. Thank you for listening to Thursday Thrillers right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic live and theatrical audio plays, Tuesday Terrors for horror audio drama, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase bringing you the very newest in audio releases from our United Artists of Audio right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.